Hey everyone, this is Dave Korsunsky from Data Driven Health Radio. On this show, we look at how individuals are empowering themselves and using data to transform the way they manage their health. We interview the health experts and the scientists that will help you understand and interpret the data. We speak with the entrepreneurs who are building the tools and the technology that are allowing us to quantify our health in novel and powerful ways. And most importantly, we speak to the individuals who are beating the odds on everything from cancer to diabetes to weight loss and general health and wellness. This show is brought to you by Aura. They make a state-of-the-art ring that can track sleep cycle analysis, activity, and recovery. You can learn more about this product at headsuphealth.com Aura. That's O-U-R-A. This show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Keto Mojo. They are making a highly accurate and highly affordable device for testing blood sugar and blood ketones. Check it out at headsuphealth.com slash ketomojo. And lastly, the show is brought to you by Level. They are making a clinical-grade breath ketone analyzer, which measures your level of fat burning and ketosis through a simple breath. You can learn more at headsuphealth.com slash level. That's L-E-V-L. All of these amazing products are integrated with Heads Up Health. They all allow you to quantify your health in novel and powerful ways. So check them out. Thank you to your, thank you to our sponsors. Welcome to our show, and let's get into it. Welcome to Data Driven Health Radio. This is Dave Korsunsky with Data Driven Health Radio, and with me today is Robert Sykes, who I met at, through some mutual contacts in the in the keto community. But Robert is the founder of Keto Savage, which is a website and coaching program dedicated to people who are using low carb ketogenic diets for health, nutrition, most importantly, bodybuilding and peak performance. And I actually owe a debt of gratitude to Robert because he was the one who inspired me to start this podcast. So thank you for that, Robert. Uh, I finally got oh, absolutely, mine going. Man. Yeah, you had, you had me on your show and it was awesome. I'm like, man, that was fun. So you're, you're an inspiration to me there. You're, you're an inspiration to many people because of the way that you are very scientifically and analytically helping people understand how to use ketogenic diets for fat loss, body recomposition, bodybuilding, which is really, I think, at the cutting edge of this movement. And so I'm just like super excited to talk to you about your, your methodologies, your protocols, how you quantify things. I think it's just a perfect segue to everything we do. So thanks for being here and just give us an introduction in your own words. Maybe start by telling us how you got into this, this stuff. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to jump on your podcast here. My experience in history with it was I've basically been bodybuilding for the past eight years, nine years or so, and then keto, strict keto for the past three or four. And after, you know, several competitions of the standard bro dieting approach and just feeling terrible, I decided there had to be a better way. Kind of got into keto. Didn't even know what I was doing when I started it. But, you know, the deeper I dug, the more podcasts listened to, the research I found, you know, it just like really resonated with me. 
And then after, you know, experiencing how great I felt and the increases in my performances, both physically and mentally, it's like, okay, this is, this is the way to go for me for sure. And since then I've been just trying to optimize that. Um, I got my pro card this last year with a ketogenic diet, which from a bodybuilding, you know, standpoint is, is pretty unheard of you don't see too many ketogenic bodybuilders uh, everybody wants their carbohydrate yeah it's been a game changer for me and i'm just excited to keep digging into it further and seeing how i can you know improve this as a concept for others yeah that's amazing so first of all congrats on getting the pro card and uh, as i mentioned before we got on the show congrats on your recent engagement so a lot, yeah. a lot of, a lot, of good, a lot of good things happening business is going great so yeah man you're you're in the zone that's awesome so I appreciate it you're obviously familiar with Heads Up Health. You know what we do. We, we really mm-hmm. want to help people track their progress to make sure that what they're doing is actually working. And a lot of people may think intellectually that it's working, but when you actually really dig into the numbers, it's not working so great. Body fat numbers are not necessarily moving down. Blood markers may actually be getting worse as you're doing this. So we don't subscribe to any one particular philosophy or methodology. My approach to this whole community is to give people ways to measure it, personalize it, and find out exactly what works for that individual. Most of the users on our system, Robert, are people who are working with a metabolic disease. So they're, they're already working with some illness, whether it's diabetes or obesity or, or cancer, where therapeutic ketogenic diets are incredibly powerful. And what I'm really excited to talk about today is on the complete opposite side of that spectrum, which is people for, who are very fit, very healthy, who are pushing the limits physically and mentally on their body. How do you apply a ketogenic diet, first of all, for competitive athletes, second of all, for, for mass, lean mass building, which I think is, is something that I, is, is not always associated with ketogenic diet. We think of it as a way to lose fat, which it's incredible at. But there are different approaches to the therapeutic diet when you want to go after the, the mass building and, and the peak physical performance use cases. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really hoping we can dig into today. And maybe, I guess, just start by telling us what happened as you made the switch from a bodybuilder's point of view, how you went from what you call just tr- traditional carb-loaded bro diet to now figuring out, okay, how do I take this ketogenic diet and actually build lean mass? So h- how does it differ for someone who's like just trying to reverse decades of, of failed weight loss efforts? How do you tailor the diet to someone who wants to build lean mass and really highly competitive uh, ketogenic diet? Great question. So from a bodybuilding perspective, and this, these principles can pretty much carry over into whatever sports you're in, but when you're on a standard carbohydrate-based diet, you know, you're going to have, and there's just a lot more variability. You just have more variables, you know, like you have another macronutrient there with carbs, whereas with keto, yeah. you more or less remove that. And the, the more variables you can remove, the, the more scientific you can get with things. Absolutely. But from like a bodybuilding perspective, it's pretty typical to, you know, have a bulking phase and a cutting phase and people will have like carb loads. Um, They often feel very poorly during those times. Inflammation skyrockets with carbs and, you know, glycogen and insulin. Everything grows, like muscle grows, fat grows, cancer cells grow. And you can get really big. Like I got up to 230 pounds, but it was 28% body fat, 230 pounds. And it just, it was not optimal. Like it was not a very good picture of health. Mm -hmm. And after I dieted down for my first show with carbs, you know, I lost 70 pounds in three months. So you can get lean with carbs as well. But, you know, it was very unhealthy. I lost a lot of muscle. I felt terrible that entire time. And then after that show, I had a negative rebound is what they call it. 
And basically, I gained 20 pounds back overnight. And that's obviously very unhealthy and taxing on the body. So with keto, wild, it's just wild a, swings. It sounds like. Which, oh yeah, yeah. Which is incredibly totally. stressful on the body, and I. Hundred percent. Okay, so that's the first way to do it, which is. Which yeah, is yeah. That's which is not it. not the optimal way. With, with well, keto, it's just like sustainability. Um, like you might not put on as much mass as fast, but the mass you do put on is a much leaner, higher quality mass. And I don't have to have a crazy bulking season where I put on a bunch of body fat followed by a very dramatic cutting season. I could just continually build and clean a, a clean quality mass year round, staying healthy that entire time. And then when I do dial it down and cut for a competition, it's not near as taxing on the body because I don't have to lose 50 pounds. I don't have to lose, you know, 10, 15, 20 at most, which is much, much healthier. And then even more impressive from like a post-show reverse dieting perspective, you know, you can start increasing that calorie intake pretty substantially without near the negative effects that I was seeing with carbohydrate-based diets. I mean, I uh, like I said before, I, I gained 20 pounds overnight. I more than doubled my calories after this last competition with keto, and I didn't see hardly any weight gain, yep. hardly any negative effects at all. So it just really struck me as a much more sustainable, healthy, long-game approach yep. to building a, a better physique and you know, ideal picture of health. Well, the first book I read on low-carb diets was uh, The Art and Science of Low-Carb Performance, which I'm sure mm -hmm. you're familiar with. I think it was uh, one of uh, Finney and Volokh's books. Mm -hmm. And the roots of this whole application of a ketogenic diet in, in performance, in, in their mind, was ultra-endurance athletes who would, would keto-adapt before like a 100-mile run and basically just be able to run on fat stores and not crash. And mm -hmm. so... What's interesting about what you just said is I think that those are the roots of like how keto can be applied in, in high performance, high endurance. Now what's really fascinating, I, I just came from FitCon in Utah. I don't know if you were there, but I think you were there. I caught an Instagram post that you were, you were in the area. But No, I wasn't, I wasn't there this time. But, but more to the Wait, point I should have been. is that now people in the bodybuilding scene are figuring out, wow, I can apply a ketogenic diet to a bodybuilding use case. So mm -hmm. you've got these ultra endurance where I just need to run for very long periods of time for fat adaptation. Now we're seeing how it's starting to be applied in the bodybuilding scene where it's not necessarily fat, at, fat adapting over a month so you can run for, for 50 miles or 100 miles, but it's being able to do things in a much more sustainable way which with, with much less stress on the body. I can't imagine what happens to your heart rate variability when you go through 70-pound swing and then instantly rebound and put 20 pounds on. Like what must be happening to your body's systems if you were to look, yeah. at the, look at the heart rate variability, also to look at the biomarkers that probably get trashed as you go through something like that. Granted, we can recover, and the younger we are, I'm sure the easier it happens. But what you're talking about now is – how to actually use keto for a much more sustainable approach to bodybuilding. Now, can, can you reach the same levels, Robert, if you're not doing those, those heavy, those heavy uh, loads? Can you, can you put on the same amount of lean mass that you're putting on before? It's hard to know if you can put on the, the same amount of lean mass, but I'll say this, like, you know, if, if I'm doing a carbohydrate-based approach and I have a, a crazy bulking season followed by a crazy cutting season, you know, I'm going to lose muscle tissue during that cut. Yes. Like it's inevitable. Yep. When I do it with ketones are incredibly muscle sparing. Mm -hmm. So even if I don't build quite as much muscle in the off season, I won't lose near as much muscle in the cutting season. So at the end of the day, when I step on stage, I've got the same amount of muscle or, you know, within, within reason, 
Um, but I've done so in a much more sustainable, healthy way. That's, that's cool. just more enjoyable and didn't suffer. didn't make other aspects of my life suffer. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So um, yeah, I've, got, I've got tons of questions here. Can you explain the next question I want to ask you, Robert, was can you explain how you would do a cut on keto? You mentioned that it's obviously a much less dramatic cut because of the way you're doing things more sustainably, but it still could be a 10, 15, 20 pound cut. Though. So I guess there's two parts to this question. Maybe it's the same answer, but, but how would you do the cutting phase on keto in, in preparation for a competition? So when, when most competitors, you know, do a competition, they, they'll leave uh, protein incredibly high and then they'll, they'll drop down fat to, to near nothing. And then carbs will kind of be dropped as well with, you know, some occasional carb refeeds. When you do that, basically what's happening is your protein, you know, is becoming your primary fuel source. And then your body's going through gluconeogenesis to, cause you're not adapted at that point. It's just an incredibly inefficient process. What I did this past year when, and my approach towards cutting with keto is my primary focus shifts from building muscle to just maintaining as much muscle as possible and leaning down, losing body fat. So I keep my fat relatively high and I manipulate my protein down. Carbs, of course, stay low. Mm -hmm. But since ketones are so muscle sparing, I can take my protein down pretty low um, without having any muscle loss. Like that makes sense. I, I, I dropped down to 65 grams of protein towards the end of my competition prep. And as a bodybuilder, I mean, that's unheard of. My girlfriend, Crystal, she just went through 22 weeks of a contest prep. And these last few weeks, she's been at 30 grams of protein. And we've tracked her, her body composition from day one, and she hasn't lost any muscle that entire time at 30 grams of protein. So the levers basically change, and mm -hmm. the lever is no longer dialing up the protein, it's actually, which has a, a, an adverse effect, just what you described, you're not adapted to that. It's actually keeping the protein low, keeping the ketones high, keeping the fat percentage up, and then just using mm -hmm. that to, to dial down and, and cut. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I kept my fat ratio... Um, very, very high, like 78% or yep. greater the entire time. Yep. Cool. So next question, Robert, can you explain how you would set up macros for somebody, the, the macronutrients for somebody who is just a regular person trying to lose 20 pounds or someone who wants to put on muscle mass? So I think uh, there, there's a caloric deficit in, in the first mm -hmm. case, and there may actually be a caloric surplus in, in the latter case. So could you explain how you would approach those two situations differently when you're designing the, the macro profile for people? Yeah. So a lot of the debate right now is pretty hot in the keto world about, you know, what causes body, body fat, you know, composition changes, um, you know, muscle, muscle growth. Is it all hormones? Is it macros? Do you need to track anything to calories count, yada, yada, yada. My whole outlook on macros in general is that that is one of the few things that you pretty much have 100% control over. Mm -hmm. Um, so control it to your best, your ability. So like from a, uh, a weight loss perspective, or if you're trying to lose body fat recomposition, you know, yeah, I bring in a deficit, I introduce a deficit. I do so very gradually. I don't ever recommend dropping calories, you know, significantly, especially in a short amount of time. Like I, I make five to 10 gram weekly adjustments and I adjust every single week to basically keep applying steady, gradual, consistent pressure to the body, yep. that pressure forces it to adapt, that adaptation takes the form of fat loss. In the reverse role from a muscle building perspective, I'll basically do the inverse of that and increase calories gradually over time. Building muscle just takes takes a long time, no matter what diet yeah. you're doing. It just simply takes a long time, especially as a natural competitor. Yeah. Um, so I have to just be okay with gradually increasing that, having a surplus and just training hard you know, to, to stimulate the muscles. So you'd start with a base metabolic rate, depending on the individual, and then look at yeah. 
a, a gradual step down if it's a deficit that you want to apply and then mm -hmm. a surplus if it's if it's a, a mass building use case. Is that a good way to think about yeah, it? Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody because you have to kind of take into account their, their starting points, yeah. kind of like what their history is. A lot of women, especially, they'll start at a very, very low caloric intake and an unhealthy level. Absolutely. And, you know, if their goal is to lose body fat, then I don't want to take them any lower than what they currently are. It's just going to mess up their metabolism even more. So in that situation, oftentimes increase their calories um, to kind of, you know, reset their metabolism at a healthy intake before tapering their macros down. Yeah, I know one of the areas I struggle with a lot, just in terms of my own physical performance on keto, is that I'm just not as hungry. And so mm -hmm. when, once I actually pull out my fitness pal and look, it's like, wow, I'm actually way too low on the calories, but I'm not hungry. So that actually can, can cause muscle breakdown, especially if I'm mm -hmm. not getting enough food. So that's where I think it, it all of this, as, as, as tedious as it can be for some people to do this tracking, once you, once you get to a couple of weeks with your favorite app, it, it gets pretty intuitive. But Oh, yeah, it becomes fun. It becomes like a game, you know? It does, actually. How close can you get? And then another point you made I think is super important. It's that constant pressure that over mm -hmm. time works for things. So just for, for two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, maintaining solid, gentle but solid pressure on that metabolism just to start it getting the desired effect. And I think the only way to yeah. know is, is, to be, is to be tracking carefully. And that's part of, you and I are very data-driven in our approaches. There are other ways to do keto that are not. But I think that constant pressure and then having the numbers to actually make sure that you can honestly say that you know you're putting the right level of pressure on is, is important. And I think that's where the data comes into all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, there's one of the beauties of the ketogenic diet is that you become much more in tune with your body. Like you don't have near the noise that carbs bring into the equation. So you're able to eat much more instinctively and intuitively with keto without near the yep. adverse effects. Yep. However, if you have a specific goal, if you're trying to change something, if you're really trying to dial it into the next level, take it to the next level with your tracking and, and really just hone in on that. Yeah, I get the best results. I, I'm not a religious tracker every single day, but there, there's times where I'm not, I'm not on the road. I know I'm mm -hmm. going to be home for two, three, four weeks, and that's when I can really dial it in, really start to track the macros every single day, the blood sugar, the ketones, the weight. That's when I get the best results. It's like what, mm -hmm. what, what gets measured gets managed, whether it's your, Absolutely. your bank account or whether it's your body. The, the, the clarity you track where you're pissing away your money or, or where you're, <laughs> you're pissing away your progress nutritionally, but uh, have, having those numbers, like when I'm, when I'm accurately measuring those things, right? Macros, blood sugar. There's a few other things we can get into like HRV and sleep and that kind of stuff. But that's when I get the best results is when diligent about the tracking part of it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, like your body is a very smart smart tool and if you can use that tool and leverage it to its full potential i mean if you know exactly how your body and why your body responds to everything you're subjected to I mean, that's power right there at your fingertips like you can yep. control how you feel and perform that day which Absolutely. is you know is great that's the fun part yeah so robert i know you track your biomarkers which is something that a lot of people may not intuitively think to look at a lot of people just mm -hmm. defer to the doctor on those numbers oh, my doctor has my results Maybe they can log into a patient portal and look at it. But I think people are very comfortable with the idea of maybe tracking blood sugar or weight or macros. But a huge part of Heads Up Health is helping people also see what's happening on the lab markers, inflammation, mm -hmm. other signs of stress in the body, how, how the lipid panels are responding, how the metabolic markers are responding. So 
from a body a bodybuilder's point of view, which, which which lab tests are you paying the most attention to? Honestly, the one I need to be paying the most attention to is the one I haven't yet tested, which is my testosterone levels. I need to have kind of like a consistent baseline there and just see how that changes over time. I'm actually going to schedule an appointment probably next week to get my testosterone checked. Yep. Especially as a natural competitor, that's just a, it's just a good thing to know. But yeah, other than that, I mean, obviously like the, the blood work and then from a keto perspective, kind of diving deeper into that blood work, not just looking at the, you know, LDL, HDL, but actually diving into the cholesterol or the, you know, lipid profile size yep. and just the, the details there. But yeah, I mean, honestly, just from a bodybuilding perspective, knowing what my, you know, my measurements are in tracking inflammation, tracking strength gains and changes, tracking weight, kind of seeing how glucose blood glucose is correlated to the foods that I'm eating at a surplus because usually when you're eating at a surplus, you're going to have higher glucose levels and lower ketone levels by default. Uh, so kind of honing in on that and figuring out what foods I can, I can use and consume to, to minimize those negative effects. Got there. So yeah. maintaining a surplus, but also making, finding the foods that, that allow you to maintain a surplus, but keep glucose low and ketones elevated, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then I know that you and, and Danny Vega test a lot of different protocols to, mm-hmm. to do your own uh, biohacks and N equals one experiments. So as you track this stuff, do you look at lab tests to say, okay, I, I did in th- this new experiment and then here were the changes. I guess you're looking at changes across the full spectrum, body composition, blood sugar, ketones, but also blood work. So do you, do you try to correlate what you're doing lifestyle and training wise with, with blood markers or is it mostly body composition markers? No, I mean, I, I'm kind of of the mindset that, you know, the more the better. So all the data I can get, you know, I'm all I'm all for it. We did, we did an experiment in which we kind of manipulated the, the the macro ratios, having like one month of higher fat ratios, one month of higher protein ratios, and then a mixed month. And then you know I got blood work done each time. I just kind of tested glucose and ketone levels throughout that whole process as well. Mm-hmm. And you know that I think is really good info to have because like my protein when my protein was higher, I felt much more poorly. I didn't perform there as well. And you know all of my blood markers kind of decreased everything got worse which from traditional way of thinking would assume that higher protein would be optimal for bodybuilding performance but in fact the exact opposite was true for me Mm -hmm. Um, i performed much better and all my markers improved with the higher fat ratio so that's how you're applying all the data to just figure out what, Mm -hmm. what works best and then presumably that's how you start to apply your learnings with with clients absolutely Cool. And then it's cool because like as a coach, you know, I can take what I've learned, bring that to the table, and then I can really kind of dig in deeper to, to what they're experiencing and what they're feeling. And then I just have a much larger sample size to kind of create these, these uh, you know, generalizations with. And, and that I think is very powerful because if I'm working with a pretty diverse group of clients and I can see that, okay, most of them perform best between, you know, 77 and 79% of their calories coming from fat women tend to be higher, men tend to be lower. That's all really good information to have. Yeah, there's a lot you can learn as you get more more samples, work with different different people, different different ethnicities, different body composition types, like you said, male versus female, age-related, mm-hmm. et cetera. That's cool. So that's a good segue into uh, the program you just developed, which is uh, Deeper States. And tell us about that. Yeah, so I partnered up with uh, Keto Connect, Matt and Mega, and we, we basically wanted to make a, I put them through like a cutting course similar to what I do when I, when I prep for a bodybuilding competition, and both Matt and Mega had pretty extreme results. I think Matt lost like 20 pounds or something crazy. Mega lost body fat and built muscle simultaneously, and we just saw such great results with that. We wanted to kind of scale that up and offer it to greater audience size, so we developed a, a course, like a 90-day course 
that basically takes all the principles that I've learned over the years with my clients and integrates it into the spreadsheet that I made and then that we all made. I mean, we all, we all worked really hard on this and we, uh, we, we make the spreadsheet. We have the courses, we have video modules that really just explain people how to think and how to approach their health um, kind of from a data oriented optimization standpoint to really hone in on what their individual needs are and just kind of keep refining that and improving on it over time. And you mentioned that you're helping people set their macronutrient targets. Those targets get reevaluated on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and then also presumably tracking certain body composition metrics to make sure that the body recomposition is happening the way it's expected to happen. What else are you looking at in those programs in terms of quantification? Honestly, I really try to teach people to pay attention to how they feel because that, that seems like it would be intuitive, but it's not like a lot of people are very out of touch with their body. So kind of like telling them what to look for and what they feel based off of, you know, when their protein ratio is higher, you might start to, to tap into your protein threshold and notice yourself feeling more bloated, more lethargic. Like people don't necessarily think like that. Yep. So they're kind of bringing that to them as an option to yep. look for. Subjective um, measurements as well. Yeah, absolutely. Subjective and objective, you know, all the data measurements, improvements in the gym, endurance improvements, strength improvements. I recommend they all test their body fat values over time. Yeah. And their blood work. I mean, anything and everything they can get a hold of as far as that is concerned is good information. I caught an Instagram post. You were doing a body composition scan. I think it was, it was not DEXA. It was in body. In body. So mm -hmm. which of those between like DEXA and in body, which ones do you prefer personally? I think the DEXA is the gold standard. I unfortunately do not have a DEXA in my location. I just have the InBody. Yep. Um, so I've been using that. I, I got the InBody. I've got the calipers. And then I've got uh, the Sculpt device, which I, I've just recently been that. using. Yeah. Yep. What do you think of that? I haven't actually tried it. I've just seen it. But my understanding is that it's able to read fat percentages right from different parts of the body. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You place it on different parts of the body. I, for the life of me, can't get it to measure my chest. But every other part seems to, to measure. I think it's... It's, it's too, trended it's a little lower mass on there, Robert. It just is, it's overloaded. See, I was afraid it was too little muscle mass. I was getting a little worried <laughs> we there. Don't know yet. Yeah, to be determined. <laughs> yeah. To be determined. I need to do yeah. some more bench press, I guess. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So the deeper stage program is, is now launched. You guys have been having mm -hmm. excellent success with it. It's available at deeper states, deeper. What is What is the website? Deeper state. Uh, deeper state keto.com. Cool. All right. For anyone out there who's listening and, and wants to take advantage of what Robert has learned through many years of meticulously applying these methodologies, using them in a competitive bodybuilding standpoint, actually figuring out what works, working with others in the keto community who are doing similar types of just incredible things with their bodies like Danny and others. The, the results of all of that knowledge, it seems like, can be brought through to this program. Robert will teach you how to, how to start properly determining your caloric intake and your macronutrient values, start coaching you on how to learn all of that stuff. I mean, even just that for people who have never done it before is incredibly powerful. Like you said, you come, become so much more in touch with your body, what you're putting inside of your body, how it's affecting you through the measurements like blood sugar and ketones. So it was kind of cool, honestly, like to have Matt and Megan do it because they're not bodybuilders, you know, they, yeah. they don't think like a bodybuilder thinks. So there's so many things that I've learned over the years that I don't even think to tell people because I just assume that it's a known thing. But then having them go through it and then seeing what resonated with them and then being able to really, you know, showcase that in the course, I think, I think a lot of people can benefit from it because it, it really just, it makes sense. Like it's, it's got the data, it's got the science, it's got the results, but it's also got like, this is a practical, applicable information that you can, you know, put forth today. Yeah, cool. All right.
I think this was a great discussion, Robert. It was really, I think, a different approach for us to come in and talk about the high performance aspects of keto, which is which is awesome. So I think there's there's a ton of really amazing information in here, and uh, we'll include links to your program, some of the tools and the technology that we've talked about, and it was just uh, awesome. I know that we're going to be together at KetoCon. I don't know, maybe six weeks now. So we'll have the opportunity to meet in person, even though we've done a couple of these podcasts already. So looking forward yeah, to man. that. And best of luck with everything you're working on. Congrats again on your engagement. And it was just a great honor to have you on the show. Always a pleasure, man. I enjoy talking with you every time. I learned right. something new. Yeah, later, Robert. Take care. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 